1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic close in on signings as their Champions League squad deadline approaches. Rangers say they're disappointed that just 2,000 fans will be allowed inside Ibrox on Saturday and the League Cup group stage continues tonight with the likes of Motherwell and Dundee United in action. I'm Andrew McLean, joining me in the studio tonight is Jim Duffy. Yeah, Andrew, from a personal point of view, I really think it's a scandal that uh, you know more fans are not allowed in. I think it's at the weekend, there's going to be, I think, 140,000 down at Silverstone. You know, absolutely rammed in. So I understand the rules are different in Scotland and England, but I do think, and particularly in places like uh, Ibrox and Celtic Park, there's much more room, even if you've done testing and all these kind of things first. Uh, and to, from Celtic's point of view, obviously it looked as if they're going to get a lot closer now. I don't think um, they're moving as quickly as the fans would like them to do, but I think they're getting a lot closer to having signed it and I'll need it because it's only a week to go before this um, you know first um, qualifier against Midtjylland yeah fans at your, your United game last mm. night was that enjoyable yeah it was great uh, I mean it's it's really really kind of strange when you know you haven't experienced it for a long time uh, and even though there was only 500 in it was just great if you score a goal you can celebrate end of the game you can celebrate thankfully we won which which helped but uh, you know yeah I mean it's a, it's a big boost as I said and I mean Again, it's not proportional. There, there, there's Air United getting 500 in for that game, but the old firm could only get 2,000 in. Now, it's not even proportional. So, uh, to me, I, I think there's, there's, you know, the, the, the football authorities really have to push uh, and better and, and work harder on behalf of the clubs. Well, I'm sure many of you have thoughts on that, or maybe your thoughts are on transfers, Champions League qualifying, League Cup group games, whatever it is, 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I can also give you an update on the story surrounding Celtic striker Lee Griffiths as well. He was accused of sending inappropriate messages to a girl under the age of 16 and another schoolgirl last week. Police have today released this statement. A spokesperson, a spokesperson says, in relation to recent reporting regarding alleged inappropriate communications online a full assessment has been carried out and it has been established there is no criminality so Griffiths has been cleared of those accusations by police we'll bring you any communication we get from Celtic going forward on that one as obviously we sent home from their training camp in Wales while an investigation took place they do have a friendly tonight Jim taking on Bristol City and it also looks as if they are closing in on a couple of signings which I'm sure will be music to the ears of Celtic supporters as it, it, it seemed like it's been a long time coming on the on the transfer front. Well, it has been. You know, I mean, I think that as I said, we spoke on the program before. It's not straightforward. I mean, there is competition for players. Um, you know, the the type of players that they want in, obviously, and had to wait to get the new manager as well. Um, so there was a, there's a lot of reasons why there's been a delay. But I think you know there seem there seems to have been you know close to do signings for the, probably the last couple of weeks, and nothing's really materialised. Um, there's no been official signings yet, other other than the one. Um, um, you know, a, f- a few weeks ago, um, was it Liam Shaw, I think, from, from Sheffield mm-hmm. Wednesday. But, yeah, I mean, they, they need players in, they need them in quickly, and they need good players in, top players in, because it's not just about the qualifier for the Champions League. It's about, you know, the, the, the very difficult campaign it's going to be ahead of them to try and wrestle their title back from Rangers. Yeah, the couple of signings that look as if uh, they could be 
announced relatively soon. Carl Starfelt, who is a Swedish international defender on the way from Ruben Kazan. It looks as if the fee will be beginning at around £4 million. Could rise with add-ons as well. Israeli forward Liel Abada also edging closer to sealing a transfer for a fee uh, reportedly around £3.5 million. The 19-year-old winger scoring 13 goals in the Israeli top flight last season. The deadline for Celtic's Champions League squad is tomorrow. I believe that um, after that they can still add two players to that up to 24 hours before the game. But I think it's been, been clear for a while that Celtic have needed to add before that game. Yeah, I mean, listen, they need to strengthen in every position. There's no doubt about it. You know, the you know there, there isn't any any areas of the Celtic team that you would think, well, okay, that that, that doesn't need to be uh, improved. But you know, you have to start. Uh, you know, get getting one or two players in, and then just see again. We go back to the situation if it's with the current crop of players. You know, staying as well, but uh, you know, getting a, a defender in, getting um, you know a, a wide player in. Um, is important like like many uh, people who uh, you know I don't know much about them but um, let's put it this way they're, they're healthy investments you know in Scottish football terms to pay um, reputedly £7 million for those two players that is a big investment from, from uh, Celtic um, you know I know they've paid more in the past for players but uh, nevertheless um, you know that is that, that they must they must feel that they're, they're really um, strong players with good potential, and uh, you know Celtic fans will be looking forward to getting them on board. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you've got something you want to talk about tonight, Gary is a Celtic fan up first in Shettleston. Gary, is that promising news that it looks as if Celtic are closing in on a couple of signings? It's, it's great news. It is great news because the last few weeks I'm wondering where the hell are they doing. And my, my, as was my point was tonight, uh, well, Celica are not really pushing for players in there and getting deals done, whatever. I was quite concerned. It's, and then my issue is, guys, do you think Celica are really interested? I know they should be, but do you think the Champions League is in Celtic's agenda? I mean, with, with the amount of money that's at stake in the Champions League, Jim, the fact they've got the opportunity to get in there, I think the sort of base prize money you can earn just from making it into the group stages is £14 million. There's then television, there's further prize money you can earn on that, there's gate receipts on top of that. It's it's so lucrative that surely Celtic can't just sort of turn around and say, you know what, it's not really much of a priority, we just need to focus on other things. No, I think it has to be, uh, you know, high in the agenda, uh, Gary. I think that, uh, you know, you can't dismiss the fact that you know, there's an opportunity to get into the Champions League. I mean, as as Andrew said there, I mean, without with having taken into context, there's probably a minimum of 25 million. That's that's even if you're not allowing for full gates at this moment in time, with all the other revenue streams, uh, as well as a guaranteed income um, from UEFA. Then, no, I don't think there's any way they can uh, they can do anything other than give everything they've got. They really have got to try and get those players in, try and go over the first hurdle, and then try to step up again with uh, more quality players and um, the closer they get to it then obviously the, the tougher the games become but certainly the first the first game um, will, will, will be extremely tough and they've got to try and go over that and to do that they need you know a good strong squad Gary I know Celtic have a couple of friendlies before that tonight against Bristol City Saturday against Preston but where are your confidence levels going into that game on Tuesday? No very high I don't know what team is going to do it. I hope it's the strongest team, but then you're wondering the players that are not really wanting to play anymore, the ones that went out the door. And again, it's still going on. It's not got them out the door yet. Yeah, we'll be playing them. Guys that probably are looking to get out the door. 
I think no, Gary. I mean, Celtic still got. I mean, defensively is the big problem. You know, if you look at the the, the back four, and obviously it was still the, the, the you know the situation regarding the goalkeeper. But midfield, I mean, whether they still want to be there or not, they're still there. You know, you, the likes of Christie. I mean, Chams came back in. You've still got Edward. Uh, you know, you've still got Forrest. You know, there there are, there are still some 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 really good players in there. Sorrow came in last year and did well. You know, Callum McGregor. You know, uh, is still there. You know, they've still got strong areas of the pitch, um, but you know, defensively is the, is the one area that, that would give you cause for concern. But you know, whether the whether some of these might leave, I are still there. You know, so he still should be playing, and uh, you know, so they they do have you know the the, the, the well, I would say the majority of the players there at the moment to compete, and it's up to the new manager, Ange Postacoglu, to to get inside their heads and to 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 make sure that they're fully committed to the task of getting Celtic in the next round. Gary, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I really get a bad deception here anyway. Right, boys, thanks. Thanks all for taking my call. Well, thank you to Gary, 01419511025, if you've got anything on your mind. Ange Postacoglu does face a bit of a race against time when it comes to these players because there's obviously registration issues there's there's of course quarantining issues which is something we've just had to get used to over the past year or so um you know it, it's all to do with you know green areas amber areas i think carl starfelt is due to undergo a, a medical in moscow so whether he is is able to get in the country in time for that game there's big question marks over that as well so it's a lot of things that Ange Postacoglu is having to juggle ahead of this game yeah I mean obviously quite unique circumstances when you're signing players these days it's not just a straightforward medical getting them in you know get get them into the team you know as you mentioned there you know they're, they're mitigating circumstances now particularly with the quarantine situation so obviously you know Celtic will be fully aware of that um, they'll understand it and you know they'll have to follow the rules the same as anyone else coming into the country um, but nevertheless, as I mentioned there to, to Gary, they still have a, a, a strong squad in general of, of the players. It's just the, the defensive areas because obviously there's there's been uh, you know a lot of the players they had there were, were currently on were, were on loan, as in Kenny. But likes of um, you know Laxon that's went back. But Stephen, you could have a centre back pair the Stephen. You could have you know Ralston at right back. You could have Welsh, Ayer, Taylor. You know, it's, it's it's not a bad back four there. You know, so there there is you know I think um, reasons for optimism at the moment for Celtic. Not a huge degree, but it's not quite as bad. I don't think the picture's quite as bad as a lot of people think. How quickly do you think? I think especially the Christopher Iyer situation needs to be sorted out because he's come out publicly mm-hmm. and said that he was promised last summer that mm-hmm. he would be able to leave this summer he stayed on for effectively he said a, said a year longer than he wanted to of course there's always two sides to every story but it seems as if he he doesn't want to be there at the moment that's not really something a, a new manager will want to have to deal with Postacoglu is saying it's a decision that's out of his hands whether mm-hmm. Chris Fryer stays at the club or not well listen I've not been a manager of a club at Celtic but I have been a manager of a couple of clubs when I've, when I've went to them and players have been told before I've walked in the door and in, in fact I can remember two clubs in particular where the first day training players have came to me and said oh by the way I was, I was told I could leave you know and therefore you've just got to deal with it that's just part and parcel of being a manager and particularly at a top club but you know 
unless Christopher Reyes got a Champions League club maybe looking at him um, then I don't think that that would you know hinder any possible move if he plays in the Champions League qualifiers so I don't, I don't think that that would that would, that would impact on that um, ultimately still under contract with Celtic and Celtic are quite right to hold out for the um, the value they think the player's worth uh, you know, Christopher Reyes will be will get a lucrative deal somewhere anyway he just has to build a bit more patient and in the meantime He's contracted to Celtic, so he's obligated to, to give 100% until such times as he's not. 01419511025 if you want to get involved tonight. Frank is a Celtic fan. Up next, Frank, how are you feeling about Celtic's activity in the transfer market at the moment? I'm perfectly relaxed. Completely and totally relaxed. This isn't about rushing out, grabbing who you can to fill jerseys before a Champions League qualifier. Celtic's job at the job that um, the Ange has in front of him, it's far bigger than trying to qualify for the Champions League. He's brought in to build a team, a team in his image, that will play in his image, and that won't happen up to to including the Champions League group stages. This is going to take a year, possibly two years. And my fellow Celtic fans, don't be sucked in by the media, the press, Pundits and Radio Clyde, like Hugh Keevans, Alec Ray, etc., etc., pardon me. Don't be sucked in with these people. I've seen it a thousand times. They try to create a frenzy, a panic, the, the be all and end all. And uh, Mr. Keevans made the ludicrous statement on Monday night that Ange will be judged on Mitchelland. And won't be judged in Mitchelland by the vast majority of Celtic supporters. Some supporters are wiser and more. <laughs> more uh, clever than Hugh gives us credit for I would like to think he gives us credit for we know this is a long term project a long term build you don't rush out and buy in a panic situation I mean Jim Hugh's obviously not here to, yeah, to defend yeah. himself there but football is a, doing that. football <laughs> is a very fickle world isn't yeah. it and mm-hmm. Frank is the type of Celtic fan that says, you know, I'm happy to be patient. Mm. And he says he's not buying into, what, what was he saying, people whipping it up into mm. a frenzy. Yeah. But there will be Celtic fans out there, and we've heard from them on mm-hmm. the phones as well, that are getting a bit impatient mm-hmm. and are a bit worried about what's going to happen early on in the season. I mean, listen, Frank can speak for himself, but he can't speak for every Celtic fan. He can maybe speak for some of the ones he knows. But, uh, you know, ultimately everyone's got an, an opinion, and, and whether it's pundits, whether it's media, whether it's supporters everyone's entitled to their opinion but the only thing I would say Frank is you mentioned there that, that, that Ange Postacoglu's want to build a team in his own image but if he gets an extra £25 million into the club he can do that a lot quicker <laughs> and and you can also get better quality players the more money you've got in the bank um, the better quality you can go you, you know the, the, the higher range of shops you can you can afford to go and, and spend it in so you can you know rather than maybe look further down the line for boys who have got real potential, you can maybe go and get guys who are much closer to the level you want to be going, then you can um, instill your philosophy and your style of play, but it can be it can be done quicker, not in a rush, you're right you don't rush in and just take anyone but the quality of player can certainly be improved the more money you've got to spend and football's been like that now for decades um, you know, if you're, if you're in the bargain basements, then you have to be lucky and you have to be really patient, but if you've got significant amount of money then that can improve and it can improve quicker so yeah the Champions League is important yeah it's not the being end all everybody knows that I don't think it'll be you know completely judged if he doesn't win against Mitchelland um, but 
Uh, I think from the manager's point of view, it will certainly give him more tools uh, and better tools to work with if he can manage to eventually qualify for the group stages of the Champions League. Frank, do you not think there's a lot of, or there should be a lot of importance in Celtic, you know, trying to put a, the best squad they possibly can together to try and get into the Champions League group stages since they are so lucrative? Well, that goes without saying. I mean, would you, would you want me to say, want me to say we want to just put rubbish in the team and hope for the best? It's about, this is about building and building and building. It's not about rushing to get through the Champions League. And if we don't get through in the Champions League, the whole thing collapses. Not at all. Ange Kostikoglu and the Celtic board are well aware that the extra money that Jim talks about would obviously be welcome. That goes without saying. What we're talking about here is a, is a job that this guy's got in his hands. It's an enormous job. But I would rather wait. And if you want me, if you want me to be honest, I don't think, I don't think honestly we'll win the league this year. And I am looking for this time next year to see a team that Celtic fans will be, as Ange said, out your seats wanting to watch. That might happen even sooner. But the point to be made here is, it's not hinging on the Michelin game, this, this absolute frenzy that people are trying to rip up. We know the reason why the media try to do it. They try to create a panic and a... But the, th- the thing is, Frank, it's, it's not been a sort of media frenzy from us. We've had callers on, we've had plenty of Celtic fans phoning up, telling us that they are genuinely worried about Celtic's transfer business at the moment. I have no problem. I understand that worry. I'm, I'm not saying I don't understand the worry. I'm not saying I don't recognise the worry. What I'm saying is Celtic fans have got to step back. We've got a manager that's been in the job two weeks, three weeks. Two or three weeks. And yet the, 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 the gun that's put in his head is he better qualify for this Champions League or he's going to be judged by it. It's absolutely insane. And Celtic fans, we will be patient. If I, you talk about... You know, I've never said for a minute, Jim, that I talk for the, all the Celtic fans. Not at all, but I can tell you. You're generalising, no, Frank. Can we all be a minute, Jim? Be a minute, Jim. I can say, Jim, that the number of Celtic fans I know, which is scores and scores, if not a couple of hundred, know well, the vast majority, I'm talking about 90%, are of the same opinion as me. This is a long-term build. And if the Celtic board... The Celtic board are well aware that we might not qualify for the champ for the Champions League group stages. Do you think our club's going to collapse if we don't qualify for the Champions League group stages? Of course, the extra millions would be welcome. Of course, they would. That goes without saying. But uh, nothing hinges on that. This is a build-up behind, and the way that guy has a vision for Celtic, it's a Celtic way vision. But that will take time. And what we need from our support is three things. Three things. I ask all Celtic supporters to please take on board. Give them time. Have courage to give them time and have the patience to let Ange do the job. With those three things in place, this time next year, we'll be ready to roll. But we must show courage. No panic. Don't don't be upset with bad results at the start of the season. Don't be upset we upset and if we go to Tyne Castle and get beat. Don't let the guy do his job. Just calm down and we will be fine. I think the Celtic board would, would love all Celtic fans to have the, the patience that Frank has, but history tells us in football that it's just not the case with football fans, is it? 
Well, listen, the, the patience is, is, is thin in all, all football clubs, really. You know, I mean, as soon as you have a, a sticky period, then, you know, that, that, that the, the criticism comes your way. But there hasn't been a ball kicked in anger yet, you know, so I don't think anyone's judging and Postacoglu yet. No one is. I don't think anyone's judging, uh, you know, saying that, you know, it'll all come tumbling down if they don't qualify, you know, if they don't beat Mitchelland. I don't think anyone's even remotely suggesting that. I think it's just a case of the more money you have at your disposal, the better chance you have of getting things done a little bit quicker and, and, and with a little bit more quality. So it doesn't guarantee, but it certainly helps. And I'm sure if you say to Ange Postacoglu, listen, the budget is 20 million or the budget is 5 million. You know which one he would take, you know? And they wouldn't just throw the money away, you know, saying, oh, I'm just going to go and rush and spend it on anyone. But it just gives them a bigger pool of players to choose from and and a better quality and ultimately that's what the Celtic fans are wanting to see they'll want to see as quick as they can get it whether that takes a season or two or three transfer windows who knows but they want to see progress and the best way to get that significant progress is to have a healthy financial budget well thank you to Frank there is some breaking news coming out of Celtic Park they have completed a signing tonight I'll give you that news after the break you are the voice of Scottish football call 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141951-1025 if there's anything on your mind. As I said just before the break, Celtic have announced a signing. Some breaking news coming out of Celtic Park. They've signed 19-year-old Israeli winger Liel Abada on a five-year deal. He comes in from Maccabi Petah Tigfa. Uh, for a fee that is believed to be in the region of around three and a half million pounds. Now, it's my understanding it, uh, Israel, sorry, are on the the green list, mm-hmm. um, which is these types of conversations we have that you would <laughs> have no idea what you were talking about a couple of years ago. But that should mean that he will um, be able to arrive, won't need to quarantine. It remains to be seen whether he will be available for the game against Mitchelland on Tuesday. But I'm sure. Jim, Celtic fans will be delighted that that is a, a body in the door for Celtic. I don't know about the green list. I'm just happy he's in the green white shirt, <laughs> and, that, and that'll be it. You know, the first the first signing, and, and really the first official signing from Ange Postecoglou, um, a positive signing, uh, a winger. You know, and, and by all accounts, an exciting player. As I said, we're not going to pretend that we know too much about the boy because we don't. But uh, you know, the, the his reputation is that he's a he's a he's a he's a positive player. Likes to get at the opponent. He gets in the box, scores goals. Um, again, the England Celtics had quite a few players from Israel over over recent years. Um, so it's you know obviously near Beaton still there at this moment. So uh, they've they've got players. Elhamid had they had before Kyle. You know they've had they've had some 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 you know decent success with players there. So it's obviously a market they know well, and um, they've went back into that market and and uh, managed to get get over the line. So I think uh, Celtic fans will be will be happy with that, and it'll be interesting to see how the boy adapts to Scottish football. How desperately do you think Celtic needed a winger because? I mean, James Forrest is obviously still there. Karamoka the Belly has been playing a role in pre-season. Mikey Johnston, who was injured for most of last season, is there as well. But that's really only the, the first team options. Owen Moffat is a, a young player who um, has made some appearances in pre-season as well, but quite light in, in those areas. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know what system that Hans Postecoglou is going to play. Is he going to play a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1? Is he going to play with wingers? Is he going to play with out-and-out wingers or inverted wingers? You know, which, you know, they come in off the flanks a little bit like Rangers play with Kent and Hadji or Aribo on the other side sometimes so you know it's kind of the modern way now playing inverted wingers 
but uh, nevertheless, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a, a front, a player, a player across the front, and he does give them um, different options and, and different styles of how to play. So that that's important, but. I think the most important um, thing for Celtic fans is one, he's signed, and two, uh, you know, how good a player is he and an exciting player. But he is only 19, and any young 19 year old coming from a different country. You know they they have to un- have to understand that. Put yourself in that boy's shoes. You know you go over. It's a different line. He's different weather, different culture, different style of football. The, they're still at this moment in time restrictions in, in Scotland. So having to you know get to know your teammates is maybe a little bit different, a little bit more distant uh, in the dressing rooms and all these sort of things. So it will take the boy time. But uh, you know taking all that into consideration, um, Celtic fans I'm sure will be delighted, and I'm sure Ange Postecoglou will be absolutely thrilled to get him to get that one over the line. Well, I can't tell. He is, he is expected to begin training with his Celtic teammates on Friday uh, the club obviously have that friendly against Bristol City tonight and the return from Wales um, during the week I think tomorrow and then it'll be Friday that he'll be able to train with his Celtic teammates for the first time so could be a possibility to make an impact in that game on Tuesday night anything you want to talk about 01419511025 Chris is a Rangers fan up next Chris what's on your mind tonight Hi guys hope you're doing well um, I was just giving a wee call on the back of good Frank's uh, comments on your last call there. Um, I think there's a lack of foresight with the Celtic fans. Frank's kind of 20, what do you say, scores are hundreds of Celtic fans that he knows, um, thinking that the Champions League doesn't mean anything this year. I mean, we've got, for example, if Rangers wish to go ahead, uh, make the Champions League this year, that's £30 million. The £30 million then goes on to, I know we wouldn't spend the whole amount, but just sending in the team which Celtic aren't going to have and haven't had for a wee while now I think uh, the Champions League's absolutely massive for Celtic this year they, they need to get in it to, to try and put a fight up to, uh, to Rangers this year and there's no there's no long term project with Celtic without Champions League money this year that's my opinion guys I mean, I think, as we mentioned, Chris, you know, Champions League money can be vital, but it's not something that's been <laughs> overly regular, um, you know, in the last couple of years, um, you know, for, for Celtic when, when they win the leagues. You know, there was, a, there was obviously there been times where they have qualified, but, uh, you know, over the last, well, well, the nine years before Rangers won the league last year, uh, I, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as if it was happening every year. Uh, and they still, still managed to, 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 you know, have a strong budget and a strong healthy balance, you know, balance sheets. So I think that from Celtic's point of view, I think they're in a good financial position. But, you know, you, you mentioned there, to challenge Rangers now and, and the gap that Rangers have on Celtic, um, you know, yeah, it would make a massive difference if they could have that type of money. And if, if they didn't qualify and Rangers did, then uh, for the group stages, then that, that would increase that gap. There's no there's no question about that. Um, so, yeah, it's another competition between the two of them. Um, there's no, the, You know, that that's always interesting. Um, you know, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch in terms of fina- the f- financial benefits. And also from the stature of the club and reputation of the club's and players, it's easier, easier, not easy, easier to attract players to Scottish football and to even these big clubs if you're in the Champions League. And it's also better for the players if they're wanting to, you know, enhance their careers further down the line if they're playing the Champions League. So I think I think all of these things are vital. Chris, how excited are you at the, the prospect of Rangers maybe being able to play Champions League group stage football this season? And, and how do you rate your club's chances of getting there? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you'll find me most of the Rangers fans. We all trust Steven Gerrard. Uh, he's not he's not failed as yet in terms of European football, and I think his experience in Euro- European football has just helped us um, so much. Um, we never know when we're beaten, and 
Yeah, I think we play the, the two legs fair as well. It'll be interesting to see how um, we deal with the no away goal. Uh, the, the new rule that's been brought in with the away goals, um, how we deal with this, because it will be something else to, to kind of take into consideration. We've seen that in the Champions League qualifiers the last couple of nights. We've had more, more extra times than, than usual. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's always interesting when they tweak the rules again. You know, with the with the, with the I suppose where people say with an advantage or not an advantage. But Rangers uh, under Stephen Gerrard and in the Europa League have always went away and it did positive results. Maybe got that goal, it's given that, that a little bit of a cushion. Um, so not not having that, you know, uh, now it might might change the mindset a little bit. Do you go and and try and be a little bit more conservative, or do you still take the game if it doesn't really benefit you that much? Uh, I, I'm not quite sure of the rule. I think we'll have to wait and see uh, whether it comes in. But I, I, I'm Chris, I think there might be a few, a few uh, practices at the penalties <laughs> in competition this year because I think there'll be a few more of them. Is this the next step in terms of progress for mm. Steven Gerrard? Because he's shown what he can do with his team in the Europa League. Mm. They obviously went unbeaten in the league last season. Now that they've got the chance of Champions League football in front of them, he'll really be you know determined and desperate to try and keep that good European record he's had into into another competition. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's listen, it's, it's still the elite competition, and, and Rangers want to be dining at the big table. There's no question about it. So you know they want to make sure um, if they can, to, to, you know. But it's going to be tough. I mean, you know, Europe is, is you know the teams now. You've got so many you know teams that people haven't heard of, and we're almost dismissive of them. But you know these teams now, you know, are, are, are getting stronger and stronger. And I think if you look even at the Euros and the the countries there, you know, there, there was clubs getting to the latter stages. Some of the major clubs going out earlier. Uh, sorry, the major countries going out earlier. So I think that um, you know it's, it's getting very very tough. But Steven Gerrard has got you know a way of playing in Europe that seems to suit. Rangers, um, they, they seem to be comfortable with it. I think the players buy into it. So I, I've got no doubt. To, to I think they'll. I, again, you don't know who, if they get past the first round who they're going to get and all these kind of things further down the line. But I, I would be quietly confident that um, that Rangers would do well in the qualifiers. Well, thank you to Chris. 01419511025 if you want to get involved. We'll move to another story involving Rangers today. They say they're disappointed. Only 2,000 supporters will be allowed into their friendly against Arsenal at Ibrox on Saturday. Um, I mean, it's the, the same number as Celtic are going to have against Preston on the same day. The same number Motherwell are going to have against Queen of the South on the same day. We're still in level two at the moment, Jim. So that means that outdoor events like this can have 500 fans. Glasgow City Council have granted permission for an extra 1,500 but can you see the frustration from Rangers why you know in a 50,000 seater mm. stadium when there's other events going on mm. I think I think Rangers referenced it in their statement that um, you know given that uh, you know a president was set at Euro 2020 mm. matches at Hamden and other sporting events in Scotland is what they say um, can you understand the frustration why uh, you know, or the frustration Rangers have. Absolutely, and I totally agree with them. Uh, I mean, again, you know, Motherwell of two thousand. I, I know it's all to do with levels because the, the, the level of restrictions we're talking about we're in. You know, um, but you know, Motherwell can hold whatever it is, fifteen thousand something like that. Ibrox can hold fifty thousand, so get the same amount of people in. You know, I, I, to me, as I say, it confuses me. I mean, like a lot of people uh, around the country, a lot of these rules. And we say we understand, but in Scotland, but not in England. But there was twelve thousand. And the, the the Euros as well. Uh, and again, you know, I know that um, the government, I think it's come out and said it was a kind of thing that was discussed for several months and therefore there was a, a longer period of time to, to get things said. But, but surely the clubs can take responsibility for that. If, if Rangers decide that, listen, okay, if the rules are that we have to, you know, 
test fans or they have to prove that there's some sort of being double vaccinated, whatever happens to be, and they're willing to use that as a kind of almost like a test event. Then, then why not? You know, what I mean, what, what what would be the problem with that? Uh, it will only be another week or two's time when we're going to go to level zero, and then they're going to change it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm as frustrated as anyone uh, with, with some of the rules. And, and as I said, I think I think they're disproportionate to to you know the size of the same. It's an outdoor event as well. I mean, it is an outdoor event. <laughs> you know, it's not enclosed. It's not like Wimbledon, which we just saw there the other week. Yeah, when it was, you know, they were shutting the shutting the roof, um, full to capacity. So, you know, again, wear masks, get them tested. You know, do what has to be done, but let more people in. Yeah, just in terms of the sort of discrepancy between the numbers at Hamden and the numbers being allowed, the Scottish government have commented on that today. They say that these were flagship events approved by the Scottish government. The process was designed to enable a small number. Of of internationally significant events to take place in 2021 with the appropriate COVID-19 mitigations in place based on extensive advanced planning across multiple organisations. They also say um, that the sort of application process for these larger events when we go into level zero are based on guidance, local health advice and assessment of information provided by event organisers. Those decisions will be made by local council authorities. 0141 951 1025 on the phones. William is a Rangers fan up next, William, what's on your mind tonight? Hello, Jim. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Hi, William. Yeah, it's about... Jim's, Jim's nailed it here. It's about the fans, right? The 2,000 uh, fans allowed in to Ibrox and Parkhead. It's an absolute disgrace, right? If they're going across the board, right? Jim, I think Jim mentioned it earlier. There's, they say there's 2,000 fans in every ground in Scotland, right? And some of the grounds are small, right? And they're cramming them in. Where's the social distancing there, right? Parkhead and Ibrox, right, can easily, easily put in half their, half their attendance. You say 20, 20, 20 25,000 each ground, right? Because what's coming up, right? Rangers have got massive Champions League matches. Celtic have got massive Champions League matches. They need as much fans in as they can to cheer their team on to try and get them out of line in these games because that can make the difference. It's an, it's, I don't know what the, the SPFL and the SFA are doing, but they're, they're, no, they're, they're definitely not helping Rangers. Mark or Ben Wright, and they're certainly not be helping Celtic next week if they only get 2,000 against Mitchell. So they need to, they need to they need to do something here quickly to get his most... And by the way, Rangers sell to are losing, are losing millions of pounds here and not getting their fans in. I just want to know you get your thoughts on that, guys. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally, William. I mean, if, if you took it, uh, as I said, to you, as you say, you know, just from a financial point of view, right, there, so Motherwell can get 2,000 pounds. That's probably about half of, that, of, of Motherwell's fan base. Uh, you know, their own fan base, you know, they get more people in depending on how they're doing it. An average, what, four or five thousand people would be, you know, your, your Motherwell uh, fans. <laughs> Celtic and Rangers get 50 or 60,000 uh, people through the gates. So, and again, the size of the stadiums are, are huge. You know, there, there's plenty of room for social distancing. There's plenty of room to space people out. As I've said before, you can you can do all the mitigations that you, the statement you read out say that there was, you know, uh, it was a special dispensation basically with, you know, mitigations put in place. Well, that means it can be done. So, I don't understand why we can't do it in Scottish football. Listen, people will be sitting at home, some people will be sitting at home and saying, look, the, 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 the rates have gone up, you know, they're still high. We understand all, all of these things. No no one's trying to deny that. But it is still an outdoor event. And I think, as I said, if you if, if, the, if they looked at um, the cases from any of the test events that they've had 
not just football, but many sporting uh, events, test events, the, the numbers of anybody that has um, been tested positive after these events has been tiny, an absolute fraction. I mean, no, even, I mean, uh, there are so small uh, and no one's significantly ill. So that's really important as well from the events. You know, people will say, well, you know, the, 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 whether it was the Euros fans getting together and how he's not, because I get all that. But from actual sporting events, minimal, if any, um, uh, you know, uh, significant uh, cases of COVID. So, no, I'm with William, I'm with just about any other fan. Get the fans in, get them in safely, but allow us to get back to supporting our teams, get the atmosphere. We've seen the Euros there, the atmosphere, it's a completely different game when the fans are in. Fans have to be in and have to be in soon. Yeah, we'll see what changes are made when we move to level zero on Monday, because at that point the Scottish government say... uh, you know, clubs will be allowed to welcome 2,000 fans from then. Wow. They can request permission <laughs> if they want to host bigger crowds. Um, Celtic are currently in talks with the Scottish Government, Glasgow City Council. Um, I think they're pushing for a crowd of around 18,000. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of figures clubs will be able to get in from Monday onwards. We'll keep you updated on that and give us a call on 0141 951 1025 and you could be up next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy here with me, Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 If you want to get anything off your chest I can bring you the starting lineup for Celtics friendly tonight against Bristol City and it's interesting Jim because they've gone for what is probably as close to a strong team as they can but there is still some names missing there there's no Christopher Iyer anywhere in the squad there's no Odson Edward anywhere in the squad uh, no Ryan Christie either uh, James Forrest isn't in there either so it's Barkas and goal a back four of Ralston Origide Welsh and Taylor Sorrow McGregor and Turnbull the midfield three with Johnston and Karamoko Dembele either side of Albion Ayeti Yeah I mean it's still um, you know a very um, fragile looking squad because obviously we've got a couple of players on the bench and then a lot of younger ones there um, again it's a, I think it's more to do with the system it's a 4-3-3 again with the two wingers um, Johnston and Karamoko Dembele wide uh, Ayeti getting the nod again uh, up front so yeah I mean it's uh, you can still see there's an awful lot um, you know of players that, that, that Celtic will need but as you mentioned those other four players are still I keep saying this all the time are still currently contracted so therefore you know they will they, they will be available to Celtic uh, if um, they're still there next week in the Champions League qualifier. Should that be a concern that they're not even in the squad for tonight though? I think it'd be a slight concern, but you know, it, it might just be having to have a look at the players. It might just be, you know, using it as a pre-season, you know, um, f- fitness levels. You know, working guys working with the sports scientists and stuff like that. So it might do me down to data. You know how much they've, they've worked and how you know how many kilometres they've, they've ran or whatever it happens to be. So there may be a number of reasons, but I think there'll be a bigger um, suggestion after the next uh, the last preseason game against I think against Preston um, and where where they'll be from there, whether he whether he changes that or not. 01419511025. Brendan is a St Mirren fan up next. I think it's crowd numbers you want to talk about, Brendan? Yes, mate. Um, it's more of a my point across, guys. Oh, good evening, guys. It's a nice go on the show again. Um, um, just, I just want to say something before I carry on. Uh, I, I do realise that in these terrible times we're living in at the moment, um, I do understand that. Our wee stadium in Paisley only holds 8,200. 
and the two on the other side of Glasgow are upwards of 60,000. But what I want to put to you is, is this. Why has St Murn only been allowed to ballot 500 fans for a game against Dunfermline last night when it could have been an awful lot more and yet the old firm again are getting the benefit of monetary benefit and everything else in between and they've been allowed to have 2,000 in their stadium. I understand their, their stadiums are bigger and they are bigger teams but we all play football in the same league. We should all be given the same criteria and I want to know why the FA are having the old firm standing out yet again But Brendan, are, are the old firm standing out though because Motherwell, are allow, uh, Motherwell, are, Motherwell are allowed a crowd of 2,000 in on Saturday as well as Celtic and Rangers Partick Thistle had a crowd of 1,500 in in their friendly last week as well so it's not just Celtic and Rangers the difference is that these clubs are applying to their local, local authority to ask for special permission to get in so uh, I don't know whether St Mirren decided to do that or not they may well not have St Mirren might have decided you know what this is our first time having a crowd in in a while maybe we're happy with the 500 and then we'll build up as we go along but it's not just Celtic and Rangers Motherwell have had a bigger crowd, Partick Thistle have had a bigger crowd Right, so what you're, basically what you're saying there is that Simone's probably just said we only want 500 in well, they've got the capability of having a couple of thousand. I mean, I was just That's speculating there. They, they could have they, they could have turned yeah. around and said they wanted it, and their local authority said no. But I'm just pointing out that it, it's not just Celtic and Rangers that are being allowed these sort of bigger numbers. There are other clubs out there that that are allowed it. It all comes down to the communication between the club and the local authority. It comes down to um, the different regulations they've got in place to do with social distancing as well. Yeah, um, okay, that's fair enough, but. At the end of the day, we finished in a season last year, the highest we've, we've finished for many, many years. And the chance of us getting our fans in to enjoy that and us, us going ahead as a team, I thought that um, the FA would probably give us the, the chance or the, the thing is, the, it's not anything to do with the football authorities, Brendan. It's all to do with you know Scottish government and local authority areas. The Scottish FA have been quite vocal um, about you know wanting fans back in grounds. Ian Maxwell has said it quite a few times. It all comes down to you know at, at the moment it's local authority areas and what they can grant to. Uh, to each team, yeah, maybe you know Paisley, maybe sure, might have been a different different rules from you know Lancashire or Glasgow or you know say Glasgow, so it might be different that way, Brendan. And, and as, as Andrew says, perhaps we don't know. Um, St. Man, someone from St. Man would have to let us know that whether they decided that they would they would take a cautious approach the first time round just to make sure everything went well, and then maybe add fa- more fans uh, further down the line. But I'm I'm, I'm with you in the, in, in, the, in the main picture, and the main picture is for me. Um, well, if it's 8,000, why not let 4,000 in? So 50% of your capacity, that still allows plenty of room for players to, uh, for fans to space out. As I said, it still is outdoor, wear masks, get tested, whatever I'm to be. So 50%, so let 4,000 St Mun fans in. Absolutely. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't then get twenty-five or 30,000 old firm fans in. Um, but, you know, I, I, again... 
I just think I think that at this moment in time, I think that uh, there is um, scope, particularly now with the the vaccination uh, program and all of these other um, mitigations that we think we can we can help um, get fans get fans back in and quickly and as safely. We understand that it's got to be as safely as possible. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that totally. But when you think of what happened down south there at the weekend. When you had 65,000 with very little people, very little um, fans among them wearing masks mm-hmm. and another 20,000 at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels, it sounds as if it's rules for one and then rules for the, the English elite. <laughs> well, it's not the English government, it's, it's, it's two different governments, you know, so there's yeah. different rules in Scotland, different rules in England, different rules in Wales, Northern Ireland, so, listen, you know, that that's just the way it is, that, that's, a, that's a, a more a political debate, unfortunately, you know, we're not here to, to debate the, the politics of it, but, yeah, I mean, the disparity, and it does seem unfair that these things, as I mentioned, it's obviously, I think, this week in the, in the Grand Prix, I think there's going to be 140,000 there, uh, whereas you can only get... 500 people in watch your team yeah I mean it's hard to keep track of what's a, a test event and what's yeah. not a test event but Brendan's frustration will resonate with a lot of people mm. out there yeah people just want to get back to the football and I think when we watched the Euros and we saw fans there it, it whetted everyone's appetite again uh, Andrew to get back and support your club and that's what players have missed it you know fans have missed it so you know let's hope it, we, you know in, in a couple of weeks time when, you know um, when the government looks at the situation again they, they will they will um, you know, you know Help, help to get more fans back in, as I said, safely, and uh, you know, get that atmosphere back that we, we 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 sadly miss. Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. Thank you to Brendan, and thank you for all your calls and tweets tonight. Of course, there is League Cup action as well. Are both taking on his five tonight? Dundee United against Elgin City, Queens Park against Motherwell too. There was also some good games last night. A good win for Jim Duffy's Air United as well, and. Make sure to come back tomorrow, same time as usual. I'm sure we won't be short on talking points. And make sure to stick around tonight as well, because Johnny Campbell is up next.